Hello and welcome back to season four of the Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I cannot believe that we are on our fourth season. To anyone who has listened and supported the podcast, thank you so much. It truly means a lot to me. And I hope that this season doesn't disappoint because we've got some amazing guests lined up. If you are a fan of today's episode and have 30 seconds to spare, it would mean so much to me if you could rate or review wherever you listen to your podcast as it helps new listeners to discover it. So thank you again. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy. My guest today is a radio producer, writer, TV freelancer, and of course, the host of 20 Not Something, the podcast for 20-somethings who haven't figured out what their something is yet, which is perfect for me because that could not fit my, my life any more than right now. Her podcast has featured incredible guests such as screenwriter Gemma Hurley, GB Paralympian Aaron Phipps, and of course, the author and podcast extraordinaire Elizabeth Day. After being a little bit quiet for a while, last month, she returned to Instagram with a post that was captioned, bitching jobs, moving house, shooting on location, developing two new podcast projects and plotting to move to a new country. Her post was aptly titled, Lost as a Motherfucker, (laughs) which I very much enjoyed. So I cannot wait to hear all about the big changes going on in her life and how she's able to navigate it. So welcome, Emma Tyndall, to the podcast. Oh, Karis, that was so sweet. I completely <laughs> forgotten that I titled that that Instagram that. I was like, what is a, an appropriate uh, location for this? Definitely. <laughs> Lost as a motherfucker. <laughs> and it's so nice to have you back. I feel like um, I'm annoyed. I like teased it. I teased it to the fans, the photos of us like hanging out, speaking together. And then the episode never came, which is of literally no fault of yours and completely me just being... Can, like just so incompetent <laughs> no um, not at all there was clearly something in the universe which was like no guys that recording was not good enough so it's just made us do it again which is great because I was like oh it just means I get to chat to you again for a whole another hour and a half it's just sad we don't have our wine this time but but obviously it's a bit weird and I always think I actually do genuinely get a little bit nervous I don't know if you can tell recording with you because you are a host and so I'm always like oh god am I doing a good enough job but do you find it really weird because you are so used to being on the other side do you find it weird to be the one who is the interviewee oh yeah yeah I do because I also get really nervous of what I'm about to say like I think when you're a host you've prepared an interview I mean at least I do I'm I'm almost an over preparer when I do mine and I have a a general idea of what I'm gonna say and where I'm gonna lead it whereas when you're on the other side of that you like for me being such a control freak I find it very scary because I'm like oh god I don't know what I'm going to say next and what's going to slip out of my mouth and who I'm going to potentially annoy which has actually happened on on various occasions so oh, yeah. no I, I love it and you're a great host don't be silly <laughs> oh that's very kind because we did record the original one in March and so much has happened since then I don't want to rehash too much of what we had originally spoken about so that's kind of I feel like that's me like dangling the carrot in front of listeners being like you will never know but we 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 will (laughs) but I don't want to do too much of that having said that I do want to revisit your time um when you were doing screenwriting uh and studying that because I think it was really interesting and um, I'm always just really fascinated about, you know, 
that process and what it kind of teaches people and so um obviously you did go to central school of speech and drama which is like a hugely kind of renowned and well-known prestigious establishment and um you know it's produced lots of very famous artists including riz ahmed andrew garfield and jennifer saunders amongst many 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 more i could be here all day talking about them but um yeah i would love to know a little bit about uh that period of your life and what it's taught you but also actually what um like what skills you've been able to bring into your now like kind of podcasting life Mm. yeah it's so weird going back to that year because I think at the time I was actually really uh on on tune with this podcast um uncertain like I had come straight from my undergrad I was the youngest person in the masters I think the oldest was in their 50s so it stretched from you know that uh, all the way down to me who was 21 and um I think in hindsight I wish I had done it a bit later to get more out of it because I felt really insecure of my ability to be a screenwriter when I was surrounded by so many really really talented writers um from all over the world like I'm still good friends with uh one of the American girls I met um and she was about uh, eight years older than me but we just clicked and she was so so talented and I I think it's a, a human complex where you constantly compare yourselves to the people around you and as you said there like yes that was really helpful to make you become a better writer and I definitely learned so much in that year but I think that my belief in myself and my ability to go out into the world and be a writer really inhibited me at the time and so when I graduated I was like I'm exhausted from writing I feel really stressed I feel like I can't do this and so that's where I kind of went into TV but what I would say is that coming full circle I am now going back to it in an audio form so I've started to develop um, an, an audio fiction idea which I've been speaking to some podcast production companies about so I think you know you have to remember that everything does come full circle and even when you do something that doesn't feel like it's right in that moment the skills that you learn and what you bring have their ways of you know coming back five six years later so yeah yeah absolutely and I yeah I totally get that and I think that even um uh, even with my undergrad uh I studied English and I had that exact same feeling of not only comparing myself to my classmates, but um, also that feeling of almost being quite fatigued by the whole thing mm. and getting to the end of it and kind of falling out of love with something that I thought that I did love and kind of like having to grapple with that and be like, oh, but I thought this was it. And now I don't really mm. like it. And why is that? And blah, blah, blah. But isn't that interesting you saying that because people are always like, oh, you should follow your dream. Like you, you can you can work in a job you love. You know, if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life and all that bollocks. And it's like, I, I believe that you can love the job that you're doing. However, in my experience, whenever I have made a passion project, my sole focus and related money, like attributed living, being able to live off this thing that I love, it suddenly becomes something I really detest and can't manage. Like I had it with screenwriting when I was uh, working on a, um, a pitch for a children's TV show. I was doing that and I was like, gosh, I need to make money from this. Otherwise I can't live. And then I hated it. And I, I had it with the podcast when I was uh, working in podcast land and I was trying to do 
my podcast as well and gain money from that. And I was like, well, now I hate it because I've attributed so much pressure to doing it. And I just Mm -hmm. think that there is so much to be said for having a side hustle, which you love doing as long as you can also enjoy your actual job. Um, obviously there are ex- exceptions to that rule, but in my experience, I've definitely found that to be true. Um, well, I'd love to talk to you about your podcasts. I'm saying podcasts plural now because as I believe you're now the co-host of not, well, so you're, you are the host of Fenty Not Something, but you're also the co-host of the Waffle Shop podcast. Is that right? Yes, Waffle Shop Unfiltered. So Taylor is the host of the Waffle Shop podcast, which is a mental health podcast. Um, He and I connected online maybe like last year when both of our podcasts started at the same time. He did really well on it. He's had, you know, he's had Scarlett Moffat on. He's had um, Ed Sheeran. You know, he's done really, really well. Yeah, Yeah, he's incredible. I know. And then he was like, I really want to open up the conversation to be more than just about mental health. He was like, I want to explore sexuality, alien invasions, ghosts, polyamory. I just want to be able to speak to different guests about different things. Um, But he said that he wanted to do it with someone and that he yeah, wanted me, which obviously I was like, "Uh, thank you, I think. So, um, yeah, now we co-host the Waffle Shop Unfiltered uh, together, which is really fun. That's really exciting. Okay, so it's not just about um, like sex and dating. It's it's a whole plethora of things. And then it's the idea that um, you will pick a topic per month or is it like per week or? It's per week, yeah. So every week there's a different topic. So, so far we've done uh, comfort zones. We've done uh, beautiful. We interviewed Caprice Beret, who's like a, a supermodel. She was once coined like the most photographed woman in the world. And we talked to her about what is the definition of beautiful? What does that mean to you? So every week we have a different guest who speaks about a topic related to their industry or field. Like um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We did one on STIs. That was really interesting. Um, oh, I'd be interested to hear about that. Yeah, no, that was really cool. Cause well, I say cool. It was um, enlightening, I think, because we were talking about all of the preconceptions that you have about certain STIs and how some of them are classified as like dirtier than others or what it means to be clean. Like it was very, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, and that was with Sarah Melindwa. So, yeah, we're we're doing well with it. It actually it broke the charts in America yesterday, which was very exciting. Oh, my God that's it oh my god wow congratulations thank you broke the us baby that's cool that'll be good and um you also did a a live podcast with him didn't you he did did he do like a live show which looks really good yeah that was really fun um so that was back in march i think that was just before i last saw you i think so too yeah i think it was maybe just before yeah um and that was terrifying because obviously as podcasters we're always behind it well I've never really done anything in person before because I started in lockdown Mm. Um, and also I edit all of my episodes as you know most people do so there's an element of choosing and picking what you with the bits yeah yeah no it's so much better but when it's live it's um yeah, it comes out your mouth and it's out in the open forever and there's a whole load of people <laughs> in that it. room who are going to judge you for it or whatever. So, um, but no, it was a really cool experience and 
Taylor's brilliant. And yeah, I'm just really happy to be on the, like joining the team with him. And also I think that when you co-host a podcast, you get so much more energy from it. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, but when you're on your own, it takes a lot of self, uh, kind of get up and go, um, and drive to do it. And a lot of the time I'm just like, Oh, I can't be bothered Yeah, but, um, with him. We kind of give each other up. Mm. Yeah, so it's good fun. But I do miss 20 Not Something, and it's not over forever. It is just uh, having a little bit of a, a nap, an extended nap. Um, an extended and- nap. I like that. Yeah, because I think, and I could be wrong, but the last time we spoke, you had kind of hinted at, like, a new iteration of 20 Not Something. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. So... Is that still uh- in it is. It is still in the works. Okay. Everything's good for it, and it just needs to be released. But I am waiting until my plan is for like the rest of the year to really focus on podcasts, and um, hopefully, when I do my big move, um, make that my main focus. And so I haven't released anything about it yet because I only want to do it when I've I've got the recordings ready and I know what I'm doing. And I think one of my biggest regrets with 20 Not Something, not that it's a, a regret because I think that, that that podcast really kind of propelled me into this whole space, which I'm so grateful for. But yeah. considering the caliber of the guests I have, I could have grown the podcast to be a lot bigger than what it what it is. Um, Mm. if I had the knowledge of, you know, how to do press releases, how to be a better social media marketing person. Like I, I think I, I was running before I could walk and, uh, for the next one, I really want to be ready, uh, to, to make it as good as it could possibly be. Mm. That's really interesting. I think that's, and, um, Again, that only comes from experience. So, you know, you wouldn't have been able to know any of that if you hadn't have done 20 not something. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it and it taught me so much, but you're right. And also, I wouldn't want to say that to like, I think there's a real danger, which I am partially falling into now, where I've been planning this idea for such a long time that I now know I'm putting it off because I'm scared rather than not being prepared. Oh, that rhymed. Um, but there is definitely like a, a a fine line, I think, between over preparation and actually just diving in and doing it, um, which is what I realized with 20 Not Something. And I and I wouldn't have had it any other way with that. Like I needed to create that at the time and it helped me so much through all the conversations I had. Um, but yeah, you 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 learn as you go, and I'm just excited that I get to do this now. Um whenever and wherever I want it's cool learning about it all it's fun yeah it's really cool um I do want to talk very briefly about 20 not something um I've I have kind of briefly touched upon all the amazing guests that you have but I do want to quickly talk about Elizabeth Day because that's like the holy grail of all holy grails when it comes to podcasting um but what is it like to be able to have the opportunity to sit down with someone who you have followed and admired for such a long time because I mean famously people say don't meet your heroes I might be speaking on your behalf by saying that Elizabeth Day can be seen as a hero maybe she doesn't for you I think she might um but how did you find that entire experience was it just like so what do you remember I think it is it one of those things where you kind of you end a call with someone and then you're like, I just blacked out for like three hours. <laughs> yeah. It it was honestly 
I, like, indescribable and it sounds when I when I try to talk about it I feel like I sound really lame because I was so obsessed with her like you know when you're a kid and you see like I was I, I just I, when she came on the zoom the first thing I said to her was oh my god I can't believe you're actually here and she just laughed and I think oh. that because I'd tried so I'd like formed a plan of how I was going to get her on in the first place um, that I just never really expected to work. And then when it did work and she was actually there and we were speaking, it was just one of the most, like I'll remember it for the rest of my life. And I think that she, as you know, we all know, is an incredibly gifted interviewer and host and author. And she made me feel really calm. So and like we both cried it was just it was it was yeah it was great it was great beautiful experience I mean yeah I can't even imagine like is that for you I guess would you have said that in your life like that was the biggest goal that you had been looking towards like well if I can get Elizabeth Day on my podcast like that is it like I've made it or like that is everything that I've ever wanted to do um and probably kind of half felt as though it was this very far distant thing that could never really happen, but I'm just going to say it. And maybe, and I think people do that all the time. I do that all the time where I'm always like, oh, I would just love to have this person, but I don't know how I could get them on. Da, 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 da. Mm. I think there's something, um, a really good lesson there, which is that uh, you shouldn't be scared. Like these things can happen and you do actually have some power and agency over making those things happen as well if you really really wanted to if I remember correctly didn't you say that you um you like had made a kind of a, like an Instagram post it was almost like yeah. a picture I want to get Elizabeth Day and then you got all of your friends like tag and reshare it and then that's how it came up on her feed and something like that is not like the crate you know it's not like a I had to fly to this place like it's a really almost simple idea that was just incredibly effective and it got her attention and yeah yeah for sure no it was it, it, it uh, yeah as you said it was just a montage of me speaking about her on the podcast and other guests who have come on and we've had chats about you know Elizabeth Day's books or whatever and cussed all together asked people to comment on it and she replied and and the rest is kind of history and I think actually going back to what you said about it being my biggest aim it definitely was and I never thought I would get there but to the point where after I released it I think you always kind of get that lull. I was like, oh gosh, like, where am I going now? What's my next thing? And actually, as incredible as that chat was, it really taught me a lot about um, goal setting and, and moving forward. Because after that, I felt really lost with the podcast for a really long time because I was like, I don't know what I'm aiming for now. Like, I, I hate, oh, I always hate aiming for downloads because I think they're a really poor indication of, um, how well you're doing I think that um, engagement repeat listeners and um, just general feedback is is a better instigator than 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 a number on a screen and so mm -hmm. after that I then felt this immense pressure I was like oh gosh I've got the person that I wanted the most ever and now I just don't know what to do <laughs> like mm -hmm. um, but yeah that it was it was a great chat and she taught me a lot and I think that um I think when you say, you know, like people say comparison is the thief of joy. I think that uncertainty is definitely the thief of freedom. And like uncertainty stems from fear and fear is 
the most crippling thing that you can do to yourself because it just stops you from moving forward and and fearing the outcome of things so yeah no I completely agree with that and um even what you were saying about your new project and saying like I'm actually probably over prepared but I'm kind of scared at this point maybe a bit kind of putting it off because of the fear I think there are so many things that um either consciously or unconsciously that we do every day that we're kind of uh procrastinating or putting off through that kind of paralyzing fear because we like we like to be comfortable we like the things that we know we like yeah mm. just like feeling a little bit in control and I, yeah I mean I've definitely this year learned that my <laughs> everything that's happened is just like flown my life completely out of control and I'm like wow okay I can try my absolute hardest to control life and it will still do whatever the fuck it wants <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's yeah. no there's no way of controlling anything um what would you say is is the thing uh the biggest takeaway from what elizabeth had said uh to you on the podcast a piece of advice that she had shared with you uh oh it's difficult because there was two really key takeaways one was about relationships mm. um where she said uh like uh, the um the most important thing that she learned about all of her bad breakups was that each one taught her that she knew that she was going to survive the next. Like it does, it does get better. Um, that was really interesting. But I think the main takeaway was, which is comforting to me that with age actually comes immense power and that we're brought up in this society where we're taught that youth is the most powerful state to be in, you know, when you're young and free and wild and everything's great and attainable to you. And she's like, actually, I found that aging and, you know, going into my 30s and 40s, that she is so much more at one with who she is and what she wants and actually is so much happier now than she was when she was in her 20s. And that just basically with the whole podcast theme as well, obviously 20 not something, um, just really hit home for me that, you know, we shouldn't be scared of getting older. We should embrace it and get excited Let's not fear 30 or 40 or 50, um, because with every decade, you're going to grow and learn so much about yourself. As I mentioned in my introduction, you have got all these incredibly exciting things, and it feels as though you are at such a kind of really interesting point in your life where there's, there's just so much going on, but also you're kind of on the precipice of so much change. So I would love to hear a little bit more about about all of these things that uh, you're going, like are going on in your life right now, like where you're about to move to, all of these different kind of podcast projects that you're working on and how you're feeling about all of it happening. So I think since the pandemic, I have got really itchy feet where I realized quite well, as we all did, just how quickly life can stop and you have no control over it. And so I kind of made a promise to myself then that after the worst was over, I'd try and do something that scares me or get out of the UK and just and and explore. Um, and so I'm moving to Canada in uh, 72 hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm I knew it was my true. Paris I <laughs> 
I've got a whole pile of clothes over here, which is supposed to fit in one suitcase. And I have no idea how I'm going to do it. People keep saying to me, oh, so you're moving to Canada. That's great. Like, have you got a job lined up? Nope. Do you know where you're going to live uh, for the first month? Yeah. But other than that, nope. Do you know what you're going to do? Nope. Do you know anyone? Not really. Friend of a friend whose cousin lives there. My auntie's friends, like whatever. But no, I don't know anyone. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it is honestly probably one of the most, no, the most spontaneous thing I've ever done. But I just think that, fuck it, like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, if I hate it, I can come home. And it's taken a long time to get to this point where I've finally just made peace with the fact that if I don't like it, I think when you do something like this, there's a pressure to show everyone that you're having an incredible time. You know, you, you make a big deal of leaving like, oh, it's my last day, guys. I'm, I'm off to Canada. See you later forever. Who knows? La, la, la. Yeah. and actually you know if I don't like it I can come back and if I love it I can stay and there is no um you know there's there's, there's no there's pressure again that's what it comes down to I think if as long whenever you take away the pressure from it you know obviously I'm going to have to find some form of employment at some point which I definitely will when I get there um but someone who um the lady I'm, I'm renting the flat off when I get there from for the first month, she said to me, do you know what, Emma, even if you come over and you spend a year waiting tables and you meet some great people and you read some great books, like that's a pretty amazing way to spend a year. And I was like, yes, like I've been so bogged down, especially in TV, which is where I predominantly work with the I, um, I think it's the same in many industries where you're like, what's next? When can I step up? When can I move on? When can I earn more money? And actually that's not what I want anymore I I could not think of anything better than waiting tables and working on the podcasts that I love and having the time to write the shows that I want to write potentially and I think when you move to another country and do that you're you're almost it, it feels like it's more available to do that rather than I don't think I could have done that in the UK and mm -hmm. because I would have been too busy comparing myself to to everyone else around me whereas going somewhere and doing it on your own and just figuring it out as you go you know I, I might crash and burn and fall on my ass I probably will multiple times but I'm ready for it now I think I hope oh my gosh that's so exciting I I had no idea that it was so soon I thought it was, you were gonna say like in a month in 72 hours and you're, I feel so bad that you're you should be packing right now you should not be on this podcast but um <laughs> I, I 150% agree where you're coming from. I think when you uh, have got all of your friends around you, your family and all of that, you've also, I think for me, I feel like it's the social obligation as well of like mm -hmm. the the time that I could be spending working on a new project or, or a passion project, for example, or writing that thing that I've wanted to write for ages over catching up with a friend over a drink, I will never prioritize, like I'll always prioritize the social aspect. Same. And I don't know what that says about me. That's probably again, part of my maybe like chronic people pleasing. But, um, you know, you do, you do feel that social obligation because people will always be like, oh, well, like, I think if you said, oh, I'm just going to stay in tonight, people would be like, why? But whereas I think if you take yourself to a whole new uh, location and, yeah, like throw yourself into something completely new, it does really free, free yourself up and liberate you yeah. to um, doing all of that and, and giving yeah. yourself the time to do all of that, which is so exciting. Um, whereabouts in Canada are you, by the way? I'm going to Toronto. You been? 
Uh, I haven't, but I'm going to be there in September for the film festival. For the film festival? Yes, I can go and see you. (laughs) That makes me so happy. Because I've never been before, so I have no idea what to expect. Um, I've been trying to message friends being like, has anyone been to Toronto? So that's the perfect excuse. Look at that. That's worked out amazingly. But it's funny what you were saying about socialising and stuff, because my mum said to me, she's like, I'm not worried about you, but like, you see a different person for coffee, brunch, dinner, literally every day of the week. Like, I just don't understand how, how you're going to do it. And then she was like, I guarantee you within two weeks in, you will have a booked up diary. Like, don't, don't mistake this for, oh, I'm going to go over and work. and It's going to be great. You know, I'm definitely like you, such a sociable, but I think we need that. But, um, but also I like the fact that you're really honest about the fact that like, yeah, you don't, you don't, have any expectation I think that's a perfect way to go into something I remember um my friend Tilly who was also on the podcast but like ages ago but she was talking about going to South Korea and living in South Korea which is obviously just like so I remember her telling me and I was like that's just so crazy and like you know it's just so culturally different and it's you know it was just so exciting but I was also like a little bit nervous and scared for her and I remember like she she'll come back and if anyone has a conversation with her they'll tell she'll tell them sorry that it's one of the best things that she's ever done in her life. She does not regret it ever. Like she wants to do it again. But um, she's also really candid about the fact that there were times where like she was incredibly um, lonely or like, you know, that, that like that she did have times where she did feel quite alone and, and she had a few moments of struggling. And those are the moments that obviously people aren't plastering all over the internet, but um, I think are kind of um, integral to, the traveling experience or like learning to live abroad or like putting yourself out there in a new situation. And that's not to say that you're in any way um, failing, not that I like, Mm -hmm. I don't really like saying failing or whatever, but um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a huge learning curve basically. And it'll be something that is so fun. And as you said, like you can go there for a a month, you can go there for two months, you might be there for five years or the rest of your life. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what the visa situation is. (laughs) it's a bloody nightmare honestly (laughs) won't get into that (laughs) yeah but um no I think that's so exciting and it will yeah be a really cool cool opportunity for you so does that mean that the bits that you're doing podcast wise like how is that all fitting into your time there yeah so I'm just going to carry on with Taylor um thankfully they're only five hours behind and we usually record in the evening anyway so it'll just be afternoon recordings for me instead of the evening which will be fine for now um and then um I think depending on what job I get it's really varied this is why I kind of haven't released the new episode the new the new podcast yet because I want to know you know if I do get a job in a bar for example that might start at four then I'll be able to schedule in you know recordings which are a time difference if I'm going to interview people in the UK or I'm speaking to um some American uh contribs what would you what would you call it we call them contribs in tv American reality stars. Okay. Whether I want to approach that sort of uh, audience, if my audience is going to be in Canada. So I think there's like things to figure out, definitely mm. in that respect. But um, as I said, figure it out as I go along. And the beauty of podcasting is that you can do it from anywhere, right? As long as I bring this with me, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't forget that in your pack. <laughs> that's really exciting and then what's the other project that you were talking about that's um that's like a fictional podcast yeah so I 
was speaking to a few production companies in the UK. I basically am working on a fiction um, mini series slash weekly podcast. Basically, do you or your parents listen to The Arches on Radio 4? I know The Arches. I have to say I, I don't listen to it very often, but I like, yeah, yeah I, well, we're not the target audience, but this is my point. So I think that the, so that show has been running since I was a kid. And yeah, listen to it. Well, my dad listens to it every every day, 7 p.m. BBC Radio 4. And it is a fictional audio story, basically, of a little town um, and, and all the characters and what goes on. And it's like real life. So when the pandemic hit, the pandemic was the in, on the show and whenever there's big news like that that kind of feeds into it slightly as you go and I was thinking like there is no there's nothing that I've ever heard um podcast or audiobook or otherwise which does that for our generation and so my aim is to create a um show which is basically fresh meat and the in-betweeners meets the archers um uh, it's called Bin Juice, working title, basically three uh, three flatmates living in a flat share in a city in the UK. And every week the protagonist is taking out the bins and in the bins she finds uh, an item which reminds her of a story from the week and we kind of go back and and that item becomes like the, the story of the, the half hour show. And it's all fiction and it, it will pull into the kind of contemporary what's going on in the news i obviously need to work on my elevator pitch because i'm even boring myself saying it but yeah, that's I something i want to work on when i'm over there <laughs> i love it i think that's really cool that's a really exciting idea and like yeah as you say really original because we definitely don't have anything like that at the moment so that's really exciting and i like the fact that you're do you i mean for you do you feel like now podcasting as a medium is kind of where you feel the most comfortable and like kind of able to do your create that's kind of your best creative outlet basically yeah I think because it's so much easier to get things off the ground so I love working in telly and I love being on set but all the shows I work on have been in development or production for at least two years or longer mm. or I'm working on long-running shows you know like Bake Off or You Are For Less and stuff like that like these shows have been there forever and I think in TV it's it's really hard especially unless you have an agent to get any show that you write off the ground whereas all the audio production companies I've spoken to about this project have been firstly quite keen to speak to me about it which is a good sign and secondly have said you know we want to hear more write the first episode record it for us because it's something I can just do like if they needed a pilot it's something that I could create and they could really listen to and and get a feel for what it is but you can't do that in tv you need mm. a camera you need set you need actors um I'd obviously need actors for mine but I could just get a couple of friends to read some lines and so they could get the general religious do you know what I mean like it's so mm -hmm. much easier to be um self-starting and creative with it and um as we were talking about earlier going full circle you know we did radio writing during my master's and I loved it and I thought it was really interesting and so I'm using those skills to help me with this now so yeah, I mean, who knows what might happen? It might just be a passion project, but at the moment, that that's what's fun for me. So good. Yeah, and exciting you and, like, motivating you as well, which is, like, the most important thing. That's really cool. Oh, exciting. Are there parts of 
TV that you um, feel like you're going to miss? Or how long how long have you been in TV for? So I started in TV when I was 20, 20, just like day running and stuff like that. And mm. then um, have been full time in TV up until November 2021, then went full time into podcasting. And then this year in like February, March time, went back into full time TV, mainly because of the salary. I'm not going to lie. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot better um, in TV than it than what I experienced in audio but I I do really enjoy them both and I also just don't think that necessarily I have to choose right now yeah um, I think I'll miss I oh, I love being on set like I did a shoot up in Scotland um in in spring this year and you know we were away from home living in a hotel going onto the shoot looking after the contribs running around after them like filming and it was just it was so 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 fun you kind of I need that um people contact I think um so I'll I'll miss that but who knows I might do some in Canada like that's the beauty of of um not having a plan you can just say yeah. yes to the things that come up yeah definitely also they film so much in Canada mm. like they film loads and they is it Toronto is usually um like a, a a jute almost for New York isn't it so they film like a ton of stuff there so you'll definitely be able to get loads of opportunities if you wanted to in, in TV and film. Yeah. I hope so. That would be really That'd good. Be oh, really cool. Oh my God. That you just feel very in tune with yourself. And Aww. I think <laughs> I have it like, make it till you make it baby. <laughs> <laughs> but are, are there any things at this stage that, um, are concerning you or do you just think it just sounds as though you just know in yourself that this is like the right time and the right thing to do at this like point in your life I think that's a really good question because I say all this stuff and I know I'm massively romanticizing it and I have had days where I've literally cried a bit like I don't want to go I'm scared like I can't I can't do it I can't be this spontaneous and I think sometimes I'm like, am I running away from stuff? I was I was speaking to a friend the other day about it and he said, like, oh, it's so cool that you're going. And I just kind of freaked out a bit. I was like, but what if I'm just going because I'm I'm running away from stuff over here that maybe I don't like the person that I am here. And it, it's almost a chance to kind of start again, I think. Reinvent yourself. Or... Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm scared that maybe I haven't dealt with some stuff here and I'm using it as an excuse to run away and it'll crop up over there. But I think that's just my over-analyzing brain going into, you know, overdrive. overdrive. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it is scary. Like, I'm terrified. Um, I think mainly of being lonely. That's my fear and the FOMO. Um, all my friends throw this big festival uh at home in in well my friend has a farm in Cornwall and they all go down um and I'm missing it this year and I I am so bad when it comes to FOMO so I think oh, that's definitely yeah. gonna yeah um but if you don't go now you'll never know and yeah it's always the right things you don't do the excuse of oh I'll just do it after oh you know I'll do it after that festival oh, okay well then and then it's and then it's Christmas and I'll then do it after Christmas and then it's this and yeah yeah. I'm, yeah I'm so guilty of doing that for sure also it's just interesting actually talking about 
loneliness. I can't remember who I was talking to about this recently, but just thinking about loneliness and, and I don't know, like how we sit in that feeling because it's so, I don't want to say like pedorized, but it's just like, it's a feeling that people, that just feels really uncomfortable to experience and talk about and like to actually just say like, oh, I'm, I'm a really, like, I feel really lonely. I think people mm -hmm. feel really like, I can never say that. That's so embarrassing or that's just, do you know what I mean? But I think we all feel loneliness at loads of times and it's weird like to, I don't know, reconcile with that feeling. I don't know what I'm trying to say basically, but no, you're right. Yeah. The, and I think it's nice, I guess. Yeah. To kind of confront it maybe. Yeah. It's one of the worst emotions to feel. I think fear and loneliness yeah, yeah, yeah. That make me like kind of feel a bit sick sometimes yeah um and I don't yeah I think you're right um I mean Fleabag I had to do an analysis of Fleabag once at drama school and um it was really interesting because you see how many themes of that are about loneliness and how it manifests itself so differently in different people and you know some people go for dating to help them feel less lonely some people immerse themselves in work because it's a distraction you know there's so many different coping mechanisms for it and um it's my biggest fear in life is to die with nobody holding my hand so that like I think always plays into a, a part of a lot of my life at least yeah mm. it's interesting because I I'm just like having a look here at um when I ask you questions about uncertainty in adulthood and what those things meant to you and uh one of the things that you said for adulthood is um acceptance and even in like the short few months of us like knowing each other and like chatting it feels like now more so than ever that that feeling has like really shone through would you say that's kind of true yeah yeah definitely and it kind of ties back into what you were saying earlier that you can't control anything and so Oh, yeah, I remember because we were saying I've got three reminders that pop up on my phone and they were um, fun because I don't think sometimes I have enough fun as an, as an adult. So it reminds me like when I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to have fun. Um, excitement, which is kind of on the same road lines, but it's just at the end of the day instead of the beginning. But the middle one is acceptance. And sometimes shit hits the fan. And instead of getting really worked up about it, if you just say kind of hold your hands up and you're like, I accept that that's happening. It just kind of makes it easier to let it go. Um, I am no, by no means a pro. I get so worked <laughs> up about everything. Um, but you're right. Yeah, acceptance definitely feels uh, like a prevalent feeling. Yeah, time, definitely. Whatever um, you do, you're always going to look back and think, oh, what if I'd done this and what if I'd done that? But I think the key comes is when you have an opportunity to do something. Like I got pulled out of the pool in January and I freaked out. I was like, I'm not ready to do this. Basically, the visa system works that you apply and then you can wait up to like between three months and two years. You don't know when you're going to get picked. And so when I got picked out, I said to my parents, I was like, I can't go. I, I, I'm so unprepared. I don't want to leave. I don't want to do it. And they were like, what are you going to regret more? And I don't necessarily believe in regret, but I do think that you always, you do regret the things you don't do. And like, wouldn't it be annoying to have an opportunity and not to take it? And at least yeah. if you do take it and you hate it, then you know that like there's no lose there, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just do, but, but don't feel, I feel 
like you saying that about you know doing something with your life like you've done so much with your life and I'm so guilty of this where 18 year old Emma looking at me I think she'd be really proud and I don't say that very often and I feel like it's just because this has been like a live therapy session and I'm absolutely loving it but 18 year old Karis would be just as proud of you I think yeah and I think you're totally right and I think it's something that um I don't remind myself of and a lot of people probably don't because yeah you just get very caught up in the immediate circumstances of life and uh the difficulties and challenges that you're facing at that particular moment instead of looking at the wider picture of kind of all of the stuff that you've overcome as we get near to the end of the podcast um and it feels like it's gone really quickly, but I'm also very aware that um, I can't take up your whole afternoon, especially if you've got to pack. So, um, yeah, as we get to the end of, of near the end of the podcast, there are obviously two questions that I do ask. And these might actually be a bit tricky, given like what's going on right now. But what is the thing that you feel the most uncertain about right now? Oh, gosh. Uh, whether the border offices will let me into Canada because I have so many documents that I need and I'm freaking out about it I mean that's the most boring answer ever but that is literally what came I mean a very valid answer though how many documents I thought it would just be one visa I'm of I this is just shows how much I don't clearly you need know, like your port of entry you need proof of insurance you need proof of like there's just a lot of things that you have to show them and things that have to be right and the right dates and matching the right addresses and matching your passport numbers and all that stuff so it's oh, just wow. a little bit um so that's the thing i'm most uncertain about and i guess in keeping with that whole theme just like how i think i'm uncertain of how i'm going to feel once i'm there that's mm. my biggest kind of Am I going to love it? Am I going to hate it? I've never even been like to the country. I don't know what the people are like uh, other than what I've seen on films and How I Met Your Mother. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm uncertain about. The feeling. And what are you feeling the most certain about right now? I'm feeling the most certain about right now. Oh my gosh. See, this is... <laughs> I'm like the most uncertain person ever. Okay, uh, give me a second. What am I feeling the most certain about? That I have full autonomy over how I move forward and, like, approach this phase and this is going to sound wanky as fuck, and you probably see it plastered over Instagram and TikTok all the time, but, like, the way that you feel about something is what that something becomes. Like, if I was going into this being like, I'm going to hate it, I'm going to hate it, I'm I'm obviously going to hate it because I'll find ways of hating it. Mm. And so the thing that I'm certain about in this moment is that no matter what happens, the way I think about the situations or what will happen is is going to determine the outcome of that. Easiest um, to turn, definitely. You're a very uh, committed person. I think if there's one person who can do it, it's you. So. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, Emma, I can't believe it's like, I just looked at the time and I was like, I don't know where the time has gone. I feel like whenever we chat, I'm always like, I could just talk, we could talk for days, hours. No. Um, but it's always just the biggest pleasure because I feel like you always, um, 
come to this podcast just so yeah you're you just uh give a lot of yourself but also have so much kind of insight and wisdom for um for your for, for your uh for your age I'm saying your age we're the same age but I'm like for <laughs> but um no it's it's just always thank such a you. pleasure so thank you and I think that you're always um bringing so much that can help other people as well who might also feel you know in a, a little bit stuck in their life or looking to try or explore a new adventure so keep me updated but in the meantime obviously you are still going to be doing the waffle shop podcast unfiltered I did not yes. say that in the right uh <laughs> In the right order, okay. Um, but you will be continuing with that, and um, obviously, everyone can follow you on is it Tyndall 2.0, your Instagram handle for exciting new things that are happening. And I imagine hopefully, you'll be putting up some exciting updates of you moving to Toronto on there as well. Fingers crossed for the fans. Um, but yeah, no, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You're always so, so generous with your time, so thank you. <laughs> no, no, thanks for having me. I've absolutely loved it. And um, I'm going to be joining TikTok as well, she says. Oh, I honestly avoided it for so long, and you're such a TikTok queen, so I'm going to have to be like... Oh, my God, yes. I, people can't see me, but I'm literally fist-pumping the air. I'm like, I think it's actually my mission to try and get everyone on TikTok now. I've, become, I've literally sold my soul to the devil. I don't even care. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm excited to, yeah, to, oh God, I'm, I'm going to be so bad at it, but needs must. Um, but yeah, yeah thank you so, so much. I loved it. And I'll see you in Toronto. I'll see you in Toronto. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. I'll speak to you very soon. Enjoy your evening. Mwah.